You're listening to LinkRod, a discussion about the intersection of life and technology. Episode 2. So my name's Tim Claptor, and my colleagues today are... Ben Atkinson. Adam Webster. Today I thought maybe we could discuss something about the, the, the kind of transition that we're going through to this digital kind of environment that we're living. So the first question I had was what happens when we lose the physicality of stuff? So more of our more of our lives are becoming digitized, digital objects without a physical equivalent or presence. The shelves of CDs are being replaced by Spotify subscription, DVDs by Netflix, photo albums are relics of the past. So my kind of question is, well, what kind of effect does that have on us? And the idea of how does that stuff link to our identity and how do we kind of navigate the history so i suppose what i'm thinking is you kind of as you grow up you accumulate stuff and it's kind of like what we've always done and you go through that bit of your 20s where you're accumulating the stuff that's you that you identify with it's your identity process um but i'm kind of wondering like what happens with this next generation that doesn't have stuff like we don't I mean, my my thing was music. I had this massive, big CD collection. I did the same with books and DVDs. But now it's like, well, why would you... Those things aren't really part of the culture anymore. So what what do you do? Importantly, what are you going to do with your bookshelf? We got rid of all the got rid of the books. Got rid of the bookshelves. <laughs> uh, I I think the big one is is the photos. Like my my parents have countless amounts of photo albums, and yours. I'm assuming yeah, you both have yep. hundreds of photo albums, and it's always the if there's a fire in the house, what's the first thing you grab, sort of thing. So they're they're a big big thing, but I think we're replacing them with things that can't I suppose can't die. Like you've got Instagram, you've got Facebook, you've got mm. um, all these. Uh, unless there's a, a catastrophic, you know, occurrence that digital no the zombie longer, apocalypse. Yeah, like and... it's it's not gonna it's not gonna go anywhere. But in saying that, I, I do miss the the idea of the the photo album nights or whatever. You know, you'd sit down and you'd look at photo albums and stuff. And not that I've done that since I was a kid, but uh, it's still something that I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do with my children. What, what do I put a laptop on his lap and go flick through? So. Yeah, so we don't have as many, and I also think we take a lot more photos, and and ninety percent of the photos we take are rubbish, and you're never going to share, and or, or you you wouldn't print off and and stuff like that. But so I miss the photo albums, um, but when it comes to things like um, DVDs and stuff, I was never a big DVD fan because I'm a I'm filthy, so I just don't. I, I'm just no, not filthy. I'm unorganised, so I just or disorganised. Um, that's kind of like the complete opposite. Like I was completely anal about the DVD because <laughs> I bought the compact covers so they could fit more in. So they were just like the plastic sleeve version. So yeah. we through the whole process of getting your DVDs out of the plastic cases, slotting them into this, folding up the cover to stick in the slot, and then alphabetizing nah. the whole collection. Now what I'd do is I'd get a DVD, I'd watch it, then I'd turn the DVD player off, and then I'd watch another DVD at some other stage, pull that one out and put it on the bench. <laughs> and, then, and then I've just got 30 DVDs that are all scratched and unusable. What about you, Adam? I am the ultimate hoarder collector. <laughs> Little OCD. I can vouch for that. That's yeah. true. Yeah. No, it started with uh, music in high school, mm-hmm. and I had uh, alphabetized CD collection, singles as well. 
then it progressed to DVDs when they started to come out and now it's Blu-ray but I've taken a shift where they've all ended up in boxes in storage because we've moved <laughs> so now I'm starting to question the physical versus digital I'm happy yeah. to have movies and music on a, a hard drive or server yeah I mean like I did a clean out of the seat okay I was I was the same with music like that was kind of I when I got my first job that was kind of partying and music was the yeah. other thing where that was my pocket money went to that yep so I, I kind of pocket money yeah that's what it well, was, it was yeah. well I had a wage <laughs> yeah, yeah I didn't actually have jobs but it was basically I mean you know with the first I remember going to Canberra one time and like literally having 300 bucks in my pocket to spend on CDs and doing it and kind of relishing it's like wow look what I can do I actually have buying power now I can buy this big box of, deep, of CDs and bring it home it's like I'm a big boy now I can buy whatever yeah, I want yeah it is yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, and, but I suppose like, like a, lot, a couple of years ago I went through and just kind of culled out all my music at the same time I'd actually digitised all my music in one of the summer holidays in uni <laughs> I just you... literally ripped every CD that was before it was cool though wasn't it yeah 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 and then I, and then I housed out a friend who had this a sick CD collection so I ripped his as well <laughs> while I was at it <laughs> so um, instead of yeah just kind of borrowing what I wanted I just went in and stole his whole collection yeah that's but what I... it is it's theft him <laughs> true, true. <laughs> yeah but now I've got subscriptions so it's kind of all makes you feel better about yeah. it yeah it's giving money back <laughs> But I, I kind of wonder, like you know, in your teenage years, that's kind of formative is to this accumulation of stuff. Or even in your twenties, you're kind of breaking free and becoming independent from your parents, where they got to choose the yes. colours and yep. I don't know the cutlery and the plates. And now you're a grown up; you get to choose all this and stuff. They never match. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, but I kind of wonder, like, what what happens when those things aren't really part of that transition from youth? to adulthood does it just is that is the lack of physicality going to play uh, is it is it important to have your own stuff well if you think about it we're the first generation to do this mm. as in our age with mid 30s yep. we're the first ones to have to do it because well people you know older than us didn't have to do it because they were still using photos they were still mm. using all that sort of stuff we're the first ones to go through it and have to make this decision of and we're not individually the first ones but as a, as a, a sort of an, a rough age group we're the first ones that have to make that decision and mm. say okay we're going to scrap photography and we're going to use um, nothing but digital and it just saves space, really. Like it, it really does. Like it, mm. it reduces on clutter. I, e- even when I did have my terrible effort at having stuff, I just had boxes, the packets, whatever yep. you call them. So I had heaps of those, created heaps of mess. Now I don't have that. Now I can just get, go online and watch whatever I want. I can watch it on my phone if I'm on a train. I can watch it from wherever. Whereas even if you had the best DVD collection that you've ripped onto a external hard drive, mm. you still don't. You still can't watch that from wherever you are unless you've got it connected up to a like a network at home and you yeah. can access it yeah. from external. So I think things like streaming has changed it again. On top of you know being able to rip it onto a hard drive and not having to worry about this mm. other crap, to having a streaming service where we can access it from wherever, from whichever country, wherever we are, assuming we've got a mobile. So connection. I suppose that's the access side of things. But I mean, what? How how deep is that engagement? Because I can remember buying a CD, putting it on, and then kind of listening it for a, to it for a day, while reading the cover art and stuff. And, like, there's no cover-up with Spotify or with Apple Music or Tidal or whoever else you want to kind of throw in. So I kind of, like, that's I always thought that that was 
part of that musical experience was yeah. delving into the physicality. And I, I watched the, there was a documentary about, was it Capitol Records, the big chain that was in the States? So it was kind of like the rise and fall of, of, of this company. And it was all, like a big chunk of it was about albums and vinyl yeah. and how that, that's, that's how they think. And I'm kind of like, I, I missed vinyl because I missed cover art that was giant. <laughs> like, I, when, I, when you, you see a CD, it's just this piddly little thing. But when you compare it to a big, chunky vinyl record. And so I, I, when I was watching it, I'm going, oh, man, I missed that on something huge because artwork would have just been phenomenal. Yeah. Like, yeah. Gatefold then, covers yeah, and inserts. You, and, see, uh, you see this gigantic, like it's like a mural yeah. uh, and compared to a CD. So what, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of worry that people don't get to engage deeply with stuff and touching it and I suppose there's, that, there's an idea of the smell of the vinyl and yeah, the cardboard to actually make a memory you, you need more than one kind of input you need a sensory so you need a touch and a smell and that those things combine into making a little memory that you can you've got if you've only got auditory and not you you're touching glass <laughs> so there's no there's no tactile function there's no real visual function uh, other than like a pause play fast forward skip button yeah how is that is that going to change the way people think about stuff last episode we talked about um what did we talk about iPods we talked about when was the last time you got excited about mm. oh technology te- technology yeah when was the last time you got excited about buying music because Oh, as you say, there's there's multiple things that go into a physical mm. device. You know that, as you said, the smell, um, the touch, the the listening. You know, there's multiple things that go into it. Whereas when a streaming service and you pick a new album, you're not buying the album. Mm. It, you're just listening to it, and you, you're not really you don't really own it. Yeah. So I think that's something that we don't we don't have that we don't get, and we that's an experience that I you, remember when you used to get a new CD. It was pretty exciting. Like it was pretty. Yeah. I was always because you'd, you'd hope there'd be the the lyrics collection or yeah, some yeah, pictures yeah. and it <laughs> folded out. And you get albums like Pearl Jam always had amazing oh, yeah. cover art yep. and, and and like books and stuff. Always yep. amazing, like a digipack kind of. Yeah, deal, it was yeah. always awesome, and it was sort of that was the stuff you looked out for. And I remember was it Vitalogy. Uh, but yeah, that yeah, was the best. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember sitting. Um, my old man had I don't know what it was some old. English sort of rock and roll sort of stuff that he listens to, and the, the, it was always had amazing cover art. Mm. And it was you'd always you'd sit you'd sit on the I'd sit on the lounge room floor listening to the music, and then you'd pull it you'd pull it out of the front, and you just flip through the book. Yeah. So I, I definitely think now that we've gone away from that, we're losing we are losing something. But in saying that, the option's still there. You can still go and buy a CD. Anyone can yeah. go and buy a CD. And I think I think last year vinyl was still kind of growing. As a as a as a market within the music industry, I think that's back. <laughs> this, this year, I don't think it's actually gone up. Mm. But I suppose, yeah, it is still a choice to go out and. I mean, look, yeah, you walk into JB Hi-Fi and it's still stocked with CDs. Um, it's not as big as it once was, but obviously, yeah, change your market and what what people are willing to pay for. It's interesting how a record is like that because who gives a crap about tape? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah I it's mean... not coming back. <laughs> no, it's not. I'll put my hand up here. I said I'd gotten rid of my CDs and DVDs, and they're in crates now. But I've started collecting vinyl again. That's and that's fine. That, well, it's like I need to fill that hole. Isn't the, the the quality on it as good though with vinyl? It's a bit crackly, and it's not like. Well, people say it's more of an analog sound because it's not it's not digital. So there's an actual a- analog nature. So it's yeah. warmer and whatever yeah, else yeah, you yeah. want to. 
Look, I, I, this is, I suppose this was the thing. When I digitised my music, it was all, the discussion was about bit rates and, yes, and, yeah. and all that kind of crap. Yeah. And so what I did was I got my the headphones that I had at the time and, and then I basically went through a couple of CDs, sampled tracks at multiple <laughs> bit rates and all that kind of stuff and then put it in my head and then went, right, how low can I go before I actually quantify a difference right. between the, the level of audio? And then I chose something, and it was higher than it was. I had a, it was higher than what it was normal, but that's probably just because my background was listening to music, yeah. and I didn't. I knew these kind of CDs and stuff inside out, so I could make a recommendation. But yeah, I, so the the quality thing is is always. I reckon it's always individual. Like, I mean, if you've got a $40 pair of headphones... I was going to say the headphones as well. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to hear the same as... Crackling and all sorts of You know, garbage. a $20,000 speaker system. Yeah. And therefore, <laughs> one might be better than the other. Technically. Um... Sorry. Okay. So we. So there's definitely a convenient thing. I suppose we. There's a. I think we're kind of agreeing that there's a bit of. A, there's going to be an interesting kind of transition for what people think about when they own bits. But yeah. I suppose one thing that gets lost in this is like, what is it that we pass down to our kids? We've kind of gone like you're saying. This is the first generation where we're actually probably going to pass on less than what our parents could potentially pass on to us. I think what one of the proudest days will be when I get to pass on my subscription to my child. <laughs> yeah. Well, technically you can't. No, That's I can't. I had to cancel that start their own. You're, you're paying for you, not your kids. Um, I've got a family one. Well, that might be slightly different, but is it in your username? And if you're, you're passed on, you know, you've can't got to... use it. <laughs> your will executor's got to go and change the username and password with Spotify. And that's a hassle, I'm sure. <laughs> it's like Crackerjack69 is your name, not theirs. <laughs> But I think, I mean, there's, there's that kind of thing of when it's, things are physical, you can just stick them in a box and leave them there. And you can't really do that with digital stuff either because file names change, uh, file types change, operating systems change. Like I, I, my work from uni, which was like 2000 to 2003, most of it I can't look at anymore because yeah. I saved it in formats which I thought at the time made sense like exe files and application files but for mac os 9 <laughs> so you, I can't open most of my uni stuff and I think I actually I don't know I can't remember if I've actually turfed this the discs that it was that, that it was on but I kind of got to the point where it's like well I might as well just admit that this is lost I still got all mine all of it but well, but well, maybe not all of will it, any of that of kind of maintain its ah, its God, future use it's so old like instead of passing the, the, the kind of the crate that's in the in the garage yeah. you'll pass them the external hard drive yeah it's like yes, what am I going to put this on <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I mean they plug it into the, whatever their TV is in that, <laughs> that time frame it won't play now yeah but a lot of the kind of I mean I'm always kind of shocked a little bit about what goes on on uh, Antiques Roadshow <laughs> it's a show that, that well it boggles my mind yeah. one that people hang on to the crap yeah. <laughs> for that long the Napoleonic spoon or something well there's that but then there's to me actually the, the most worrying and troubling side of that show is the experts who know everything this amount of information about teaspoons they googled it three porcelain. minutes before they started recording <laughs> But I mean, like, so I suppose that's actually human tradition is to pass on stuff. Yeah. And if we're slowly moving away from stuff, what is it that we'll be passing on? Like, I mean, even like operate, like the Apple Watch. 
But a lot of those things that you, okay, you would pass on, you probably wouldn't anyway. In reality, like when you're, um, I don't know, someone you know dies and they're, you know, you're going to pass on a DVD collection. I mean, you might, but who wants it, <laughs> really? <laughs> but but the, the the only the only sticking point for me or consideration for me about passing things on is the, the is the photo stuff. The photo stuff is important. The rest of it, it's all just movies and crap. Yeah. Really, like. What else is there? Like, you still get things like, uh, you know, there's still, you know, the clothing or there's still watches, as you say. This, yeah, um, but the Apple Watch, you leave that, you know... Well, I mean, it's gone through three iterations of an operating system. Well, it's not, there's not something that you're going to... It's not like a Rolex or something like that you're going to... But you, know, you could have you spent 15, could have 20 spent grand just as much it. money on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, yeah. They're expensive. But <clears throat> I suppose maybe we've got more of an income nowadays or... I don't know. I, I wouldn't buy. I mean, I've got a smart watch and I've got a, a, a cycling watch, but it's not something that my, I'd want my kids to really have or anything. And I don't know. what If, if I died, it'd be like, well, what would I give them that would remind them of me? Most of my stuff that I have is computers. I don't really have like, nice things like cufflinks or you know a nice normal watch or stuff like that. Yeah. It's all digital crap that, that has an expiry date and can be thrown in the bin as opposed to a nice watch that... Generally doesn't have an expiry date. My children will probably be able to retire on whatever I give them. It's like pinball machines, eighties <laughs> pop culture toys, well, <laughs> record collections. So I suppose, I suppose that's kind of a, one of the points. Is like, is anything that's kind of physical going to be the next antique? So, uh, uh, is what you're saying, Adam? Is that the next kind of wave of antique? Is stuff that's literally physical and still physical because it's Star becomes, Wars toys, Tim. Well, because it comes such a rarity that people actually have stuff that's physical. I think mass production's probably killed that idea off. Because you, you look at going back to one of your shows, um, what's the one with the dude and he's like real excited all the time and there's a guy with a beard who's a bit plump. I don't know what show that is. Pickers. Pickers. It might be Pickers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they'll go in and they'll be like, there'll be a, a toy car and they're like, this is made by Alan Bryan out of, yeah, what's her name, <laughs> Michigan somewhere and and it's so rare because there was 15 of them made. Nowadays, a company wouldn't make a toy if they were making 15 at a time. They'd make 40,000, 50,000. Yeah. So maybe in, in 150 years... <laughs> When there's literally ten left. Yeah, no one's really going to care about your IKEA. Chair. Or maybe, maybe if you can get an IKEA chair to actually last 150 years, yeah, that's not. It will happen. be priceless. Let's be honest. <laughs> so it's, I, still, I, it's still one of the box. It's still flat back. Well, well, that's where the rarity comes in. Like even the, the mass-produced stuff, like Star Wars figures, you'll get the the rarity is the box. Like people keeping it pristine in the box. So yeah, yeah. And look, maybe with some with, with certain toys, yeah, that, that'll not be every, the same. No, no, no. God, no, not at all. Um, but I think even even looking at kids' toys, like when I was my son's age, I was playing with how old was he? I was playing with He Man, yeah. I was playing with Voltron, I was playing with these tangible toys. They're all worth money now. They are worth money, <laughs> and I got rid of them in all. a box. Yeah. Um, oh, even not in a box though. <laughs> and and now the only thing he has similar is is Lego. Like he loves Lego, plays Lego mm. heaps. But he's got a DS, which we didn't have handheld decent handheld things. I mean, we had the Game, the Game Boy. Watch. The Game yeah. Boy. Oh, and then the um, Game Boy, yeah. Which was, when did the Game Boy come out? 83 or something? 89. 89, was it? So they came much later. Like, I was, you know, eight years old by then. So, um, what, 
so they they don't they just don't they don't have those tangible toys as we do. And when the toys he does has like his matchbox cars and aeroplanes and all that sort of crap, they're all mass produced matchbox cars and mm. different companies. So it's they're not they, they I feel sorry for them because we had awesome toys. We had awesome toys. Oh, the best. Oh, we and I'm sure our parents will say exactly the same things. But yeah. we had we had the best toys. We had the best toys and the best kids cartoons and stuff. The crap they have on now is Yu-Gi-Oh. Rubbish. That's that's my oh, go-to that's... for. <laughs> Terrible stuff. Yeah, I was going to say. I think I was going to say that's my go-to when I watch when I watch, when I watch a cartoon. Right. Yeah, so I, I think we we were lucky in that we got these sorts of things, and they're the things you want to keep hold of. But now there's there's just nothing. Yeah. So the yeah the the kind of the idea of antique was linked to rarity, and we don't have rarity anymore. So. Exactly. Because I think it's kind of interesting because I mean, my wife and I we were we bought artwork the other. Couple of weeks ago, when we were at a we were at a market, and that's it was more because it's like, well, we don't have anything physical <laughs> in, in our house. Kind it of, all burnt down. You know, the idea of well, the idea of having something that's unique and rare, and it's not a print, like a mass-produced yep. mm. print or something. Um, I get, you know, there's heaps of that bloody text art. Yeah. slogans crap that it's it's on sale everywhere love yeah it's the chick like, on the, the what's her name the one in Melbourne on the skipping rope what's her name um, uh, it's like near the MCG somewhere oh the um, the vinegar yeah that one yeah. there's like prints of that everywhere is it Richmond yeah, the one near the Ikea in Richmond there's a big yeah sign. that's where it is yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's, so it's kind of like as a as a uh, kind of, I don't know, rebellion against that. When we saw this, the, so the kind of artwork we bought was like it's it's wood, like it's made out of these paintings, kind of made out of wood. So yeah. there's like wood chip, like glued on to, as the background, and then like literally pieces of wood glued on to to form up the artwork. So there was, uh, to me, I, I was really kind of interested in it because it had that physicality that. You can't get on a screen like it looks touchable, and you kind of want to go, "Ooh, look, it's all bumpy." Yeah. Um, and so it was. It was like that. Yeah, having that physicality was the reason for purchasing it. Yeah. Not just so the physicality of touch and that sensory kind of thing, but also, hey, there's a thing on a wall. It's not a screen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do that to change the screen. So I, was, I, I wanted to. You're motioning across like. Yeah, <laughs> I probably screen. should yeah. say that. Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of we kind of touched on it before, Adam, but you kind of have engaged in the physical stuff probably more than Ben and I yes but it, I suppose in particular obsessed over <laughs> yeah there's to, to an obsessive level probably yeah. but uh, I suppose that like the idea of pinball as kind of this kind of bridge between tactile well it's the tactile but it also there's a bridge between it and the digital because I think pinballs Display. were kind of the original arcade like that was the original arcade games yeah. was was pinball and it kind of slowly evolved into video games but at the same time pinball didn't fall by the wayside and i wonder if it is because of that physicality what do you reckon like you you, you deal with these machines you get in there and you play with them but also repair them and fix them you can't really do that with a computer so is there something unique about that's pinball? that's the attachment it's like man conquering machine <laughs> <laughs> while, while still retaining that digital <laughs> ben's laughing here <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's like i, I still want to hold on to that that physicality mm. but it's a, 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 do you think that's why pinball's kind of maintained a certain allure for people is that like it's it's real like you know it's not like lights on a it's, or pixels on a on a screen there's there's actual led lights or 
there used to be globes once upon a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're a bit of a showpiece, though. Yeah. Like, it, Adam's taken it to an, an, another level. How many yeah. do you have? I've got 16 pinball machines. So, <laughs> so someone who has, say, two or three, then it's it's a, a something for a room, whereas Adam's obviously very serious about it, as opposed to someone who just has it as a something that's pretty or something that's, you know, it's, it's more than just a functioning game. Because I'm sure there's people around who have them who don't, they don't actually function. Yeah. We still right. keep them. Um, but yeah, it's like a, an interactive art piece for me. It's like I get fun out of it by playing it, but I also get enjoyment by just looking at it when it's turned off. With that's that, probably the perfect way of describing it. That, 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 mm. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that artwork that is the game, just all those colours. and Yeah. I, well, I, I kind of go back that yeah, that's what... Like, you, you can't have a kind of single sense memory. It, 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 there's a visual element, but there's yeah, we're a tactile back to that, component. Yeah. And, yep. yeah. I mean, with pinball, there's auditory as well. There's a soundtrack yeah. and the clang and clatter of balls bouncing around inside and all that kind of stuff. There's a <laughs> As the music. Really? If you had a pinball machine, a pinball game on your iPhone, yeah. would you play it? I do, yeah. Much? Not as much, no. It, it kind of wears off. You so just, the concept's still the same. You, you think can't that, get the that concept's same exactly yeah. the same. You press buttons and it shoots balls around. Yeah, but it, it's just not that same feel of just being in front of that machine and bashing that steel ball around and so that, that music on. winding you up um, to get to the, the multi ball or whatever. So that we come back to the whole touch and feel that we mm. talked about you know this week and, and the excitement of the touch and feel that we talked about last week with with digital stuff so is that I don't know is that kind of what the I don't know the, the, the selling point for VR and AR kind of like augmented reality and virtual reality stuff is that somehow we'll be able to kind of blend these two things into each other so we'll be able to have the physicality of a pinball machine just by you with a dorky pair of glasses on sitting in a chair. I think that'll be the selling point, but I don't think it's ever going to be like that. In reality, are we ever going to have, what, a chip in our brain that tells us when we're touching something? Like, even in a game, you're not... Even if you're doing something with your hands, you know, you're not really picking anything up. You're not feeling anything. Well, I but I mean, I, that's kind of... I, I can kind of see that there's, there's technology evolving. I mean, like, the new iPhone has the whole... Like, there's no physical button, but there's a button... So it's using this. Hap- it's hap- button. There's this haptic feedback thing. So yeah. the idea is that it senses that you're pushing on it, but there's no physical button anymore that does that. It's just a solid piece of glass, but with sensors built in that res- respond to pressure and vibrate in order to give you the sense that hey, you clicked on a button. So that's the same as with the screen now. You know how you've you got different how they call three D touch or yeah. whatever. Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> It's not stupid. Three D touch. Calling it three D touch is stupid. The, yeah. the actual the actual action of it is good. I like it. But you can kind of see that there's a progression. That t- potentially there could be gloves that are haptic feedback or body suits that are haptic and, and can kind of vibrate to give you or yeah. even kind of tense to give you you know to. to I don't know, to give you that kind of physicality or, or a response. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, hopefully they can do something like that. The glove will, will flex when... Yeah, 
even yeah, even if like say for instance, if you're playing a game and you are wearing a glove and it's just like I don't know, like, like those old school. Remember those old school control glove power things? Power glove. Yeah. yeah, yeah say you're wearing a couple of power gloves and then when you get shot, you get that. You know that adds a bit of feeling to it yeah. more so than if you get shot in a game and. The only time ever, you ever feel anything is if you're not ready for it. And you're like, oh, shit, didn't yeah. see that coming. So. Well, I suppose that even then, I, I kind of, does, I don't know. I, kinda, I don't want to say the word porn, but it, 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 it kind of seems to me like in, re, in the future, we're kind of going to be hitting like a, the reality becomes almost porn. Yeah. Like to actually physically touch something could be... The opposite of what's in the norm. Yeah, like it's almost pornographic. Yeah. It's like you'll pay a premium to touch the thing. So, right, I don't know. I mean, like... Touch this tree. <laughs> well, to, yeah, to, to, to actually engage in reality becomes like a special thing. There was an episode of... Or is that of, just a weird sci-fi? Stop it, Tim, you're scaring me. <laughs> was there an episode of Simpsons wasn't there where there was a hologram tree and it was like broken? And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I kind of think, I mean, it's kind of funny. I mean, like, we there was the whole thing about, like, the death of books and when the Kindle kind of came along and books were going to die. But the reality is books haven't really died and they haven't gone away. And I think, actually, e-books have declined sales for the first time wow. ever. Doesn't surprise me. Um, but is it, is it... I mean, it's kind of interesting for me because it, my thing was... I, what I was hoping it would be is the, the death of crap books... <laughs> Particularly crap books going into print um, and crap printing. I, that's what I was kind of hoping, that we would actually move into more premium stuff. So all that crap would just get done to, to well, e-books yeah. and we wouldn't have to deal with it. Yeah, and partly it's because, I mean, like my, my background was graphic design and doing print. And so, you know, like there's a whole bunch of stuff you can do in print you, that, that reflects the physical world. And unfortunately, I worked in kind of cheap print places and didn't have clients that were loaded with money. So I didn't get to do stuff like, you know, like UV inks where there's kind of like a, a, a you have to see it in the light and it changes yeah. colour and it does different things. It's like, oh, there's no way to replicate that in an e-book. And the no. physicality or even having, like, die cuts of, you know, taking the corners off pages or cutting something out of the cover, like a pop-up book mm-hmm. yeah. and those kind of kids' books with bits. Like, I love all that stuff. But that all those things, you really embrace that physicality. Yeah. And I was kind of hoping, well, look, I don't mind losing out crap like romance novels. If, if we've got to sacrifice books... Because it's sacrificed Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, let's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that started as an e-book and then went into print, so I don't wow. know. <laughs> and then they made a movie. Yeah, I, I... Look, when it comes to kids' books, I think they're still very much... You want you want the children to have that, that tactile stuff we were talking about. You know, there's felt and there's fur and yeah. there's all sorts of books with different feelings because you want it to be an overall experience for a child. When it comes to adult books... That's completely different because it's not. You're not interested in, mm. in in how it feels. You're not touching velvet. You just got pages. So I think in maybe in, in, in adult books you'd think, oh, okay, well the e-book will take over because they're cheaper. So you save money. Yeah. You can be anywhere in the world and buy one. So you don't have to go to a bookshop. It can be twelve o'clock at night and you mm-hmm. feel like a read. So you can buy one. So there's the convenience. Um, and. You don't have to take it with you. You can just have a device that's got it on it. You don't have to take... You can have 50 books, 100 books on you, 1,000 books on you, yeah. and it's all within your phone or all within your your, your you know. 
So I think when it comes to convenience and stuff like that, yeah, they're great. But I still think going on a holiday, sitting in an airplane, reading a real book, I don't think it compares. And I also can feel that I can read a book longer when I'm looking at paper as opposed to the yeah. digital device. I just don't. And outside, they're annoying to read outside. If you're sitting by the pool on a holiday, um, impossible to read on a screen, even on the Kindles or the, the Fire, whatever. They're still hard yeah. to read. Well, I think I kind of, I kind of, what I'm kind of hearing out of this discussion is kind of that the, the physicality, physical stuff still has a place. Yeah. And I think what's actually going to happen is that we'll appreciate it more because it, it's, it won't be mass-produced because what was mass-produced will become digital yeah. because it's even cheaper than, than actually manufacturing real things. Yeah. So why, why would you do that for the, the base-level mass-produced stuff? But things that have... I think there'll be a kind of return to craftsmanship almost. So instead of just having mass-produced stuff... That'll be still a part of our lives, but more and more the physical things that we want to take in will be art and yeah, craft rather than just the mass produced. I still think you, you have things like, going back to toys, my, my son's got this teddy bear that's not a mass produced teddy bear, it's a locally made one. There's maybe there's 10 or 50, 100 of them, there's not a thousand of them out there, and it's better quality. You pay for it. We paid about $90 for a thing that's about 30 centimetres tall. It's a dragon thing from Sydney. So I think I still, I still. I still think good quality things, even in toys, if they're good quality and there's and, and you're not going to make a million of those because they're too expensive to make. We'll get all the crap out of China still, and that'll still happen. But it's not going to be. You're not going to save it. You're just going to throw it out because that's what it's for. We're, we're all about, you know, what do you call it? Disposable. We're all disposable. Mm. So, yeah, I. I don't know where I was going with that. But, but when all the oil goes, then we'll have to wow. actually recycle things. So we will. We Solar power. <laughs> all right. Well, let's wrap that one up. And unless Adam wants to have the final say as the guru master of the physical collectible items. Yeah, I'm a, a big champion of physicality. And <laughs> I'm still going to keep my boxes of, yeah, of stuff. Take it out of the box. <laughs> yeah. That's our advice. <laughs>